Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Quite a lot of news to get to. Um, news that reverberates around the world because of its seriousness, obviously with Ukraine, Russia, that whole situation. Then news that has gotten a lot of attention because it was quite unexpected the slap scene around the world on the oscars last night of will smith honestly one of my favorite actors and chris rock clay and i will discuss really the reaction to that we will not uh go too deep into the the ins and outs we'll talk about that in a little bit there's a lot happening though right now that we want to bring to your attention uh we'll we'll dive into in a moment here biden's speech in warsaw over the weekend and Biden's poll numbers, which just keep showing this weakness. And now it's almost April, folks. Democrats are starting to get that. Oh, my gosh, we are heading to electoral devastation recognition, which we must achieve this. We must get there. As Clay said, Clay, what's your preferred term? A is it a, a, a butt kicking, an annihilation a, of biblical portions? What are we talking about? I like about? all those. A reckoning, uh, I a feel reckoning? like, sounds like a, little bit, uh, a little bit biblical. It has to be an unprecedented destruction of, uh, of democratic ideals because this is your referendum on COVID, on lockdowns, on kids in masks. You have to send a message, and there have to be consequences. On that issue of lockdowns? Also have news breaking that Shanghai, city of over 20 million people, I was there a few years back, it's stunning how large and just how much is going on in that place, in a lockdown right now because of COVID. That's right. Two years in, the second largest city in China is in a lockdown over COVID. So we'll discuss how that is going. Plus, uh, Ginny Thomas apparently going to be subpoenaed. Clarence Thomas, uh, Supreme Court Justice Thomas's wife, subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. A billionaire minimum tax proposal in the Biden budget. They're going to start playing the class warfare card as much as they can, especially as we get closer here to uh, tax day. And uh, then we got some other things, some fun stuff to talk about. E-scooters, bracket challenges. 
Biden speech in uh, Warsaw over the weekend in, in Poland, uh, it was pretty standard. There was nothing about it that would have stuck out to anybody uh, as he spoke in Saturday on Warsaw until he said off the cuff. Remember, he went off script on this one. Here he is saying something that got a lot of eyebrows raised and a lot of people's uh, anxiety spiked. Play it. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. This man, meaning Putin, Clay, cannot remain in power. Among the highest concerns of those of us, and I would put myself in this camp, in this mindset, who do not want the U.S. uh, dragged into a military conflict, regime change. That's something we've learned over 20 years now, comes with a very high price tag and a lot of risks. The White House and the State Department have walked back these comments, but just a stunning blunder from Joe Biden to essentially say, yeah, Putin shouldn't be running that country anymore. Maybe somebody should do something about it. Well, this is what I think all of us are afraid of, Buck which is when Biden goes off prompter and decides to go off script, he is, one, not in control of his own presidency because immediately they tried to clean up that mess that he created. And they even made it clear, I thought, Buck, which is rare, relatively speaking, that he had gone off script. It's as if the Biden White House is throwing the president, who ostensibly should be making the decisions about what's going on in his own administration, to the wolves and saying, oh, this was all him. This wasn't us. And it's troubling on a couple of different levels to me when I saw this come out on Saturday. One, we elect the president. And the president should be able to make choices about the direction of his administration. He's not doing that, Buck. This is, I really believe, a Ron Klain presidency. Ron Klain is the chief of staff in the White House. We know Kamala Harris isn't some uh, devious mastermind behind the scenes pulling strings to end up as the uh, orchestrating uh, power there. It's Ron Klain. So we have elected someone as president of the United States that his own staff does not trust to make his own decisions. And two, Buck, they talk to us as if we are imbeciles in the way that they immediately responded when they put this statement out and then came back and said effectively, oh, you know, this was uh, this was not, let me t- even though you just heard explicitly what he said and we just played it, That wasn't what he was trying to say. This is scary. I mean, this is scary that they they don't trust him to do anything other than read the prompter. And he's not certainly drafting these speeches. Somebody else is. He is a default uh, non-president already at this point. Well, for so many years now, the media has played this game where all of the Biden blunders have an excuse. Because there's a lot of them. All of the things that he says... And whether it's something that's offensive or something that is that is problematic from a policy side of things or something that has greater impact than just saying things that would get a Republican in a whole heap of trouble, they say Biden has a stutter or they say, oh, that's just old Joe being Joe or they come up with all these things. 
many of us have been saying Joe Biden's a buffoon and has been for a very long time. And now he's a buffoon who is way past the point in his life in terms of energy and mental clarity where he should be in this position. We've seen this playing out now since he he took the presidency. And when you have Vladimir Putin and a major war, I mean, this is full-scale war we're talking about. We're seeing day in and day out in Ukraine. These things matter. Um, If Donald Trump had been the commander-in-chief and in the same set of circumstances had made a comment like that, they would absolutely, the New York Times, Washington Post would be calling for the 25th Amendment, the invocation of it. Oh, my gosh, he's a, he's a clear and present danger. His mental fitness for office puts us at risk of nuclear annihilation. Everybody listening to this knows that is what they would be saying. With Joe Biden, it's, oh, that's just, that's just Joe being Joe. Meanwhile, there's ongoing negotiations between, or, or they're, elevated negotiations between Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, and Putin, the president of the Russian Federation, for a neutrality status, a essentially come up with a deal to stop the bombs and the bullets so that no more people are being killed there, which is that that's the first order of business. But what what Biden did by saying this is clearly unhelpful to that ultimate goal of let's get the war to stop. It almost feels like Biden's is rebelling against his own managers. Right. And Buck, you know this as someone who has paid attention to politics for a long time. Oftentimes what ends up happening is older people are political officials, men and women, and then almost all of their staff are in their 20s and early 30s. And so there's a staggering generational divide on its face between the average politician. I mean, think about it. Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, uh, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer. All of the people in incredibly high levels of uh, political authority right now are old, right? In their 70s or above, and there are all sorts of interesting conversations we can have about what the impact of that might be. But it felt like, to me, this was Joe Biden on some level rebelling against his handlers. And I understand he gets wrapped up in the rhetoric that he's reading, but this is such an egregious failure because... The entire speech, I think he spoke, Buck, for 27 minutes. Nobody talked about anything other than those final, I think it was nine words that he added at the end, which changed the entire tenor scope and, uh, and, 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 and entire intent of that speech. And it's just, it's wild. To your point on the 25th Amendment, we heard about Trump needing to be replaced all the time for the 25th Amendment. Biden is so far beyond from a mental faculty perspective where Trump was. He's a mess. And I think the libs in the media, I think the journos are frustrated with Biden because this was the moment for them from a domestic political perspective. Ukraine was the moment where they got to shift the narrative away from all of the failures and present Biden and so much of foreign policy uh, writing and analysis and news reporting is just people almost wish casting their their perception of what well, you know Joe Biden on the world stage making us proud how, how? by reading speeches yeah, right. and what you know there's so much of this that they just get to frame it the way that they want to and this is why journos uh generally get very interested in in presenting their foreign policy credentials and their version of events Joe Biden here was supposed to have in the and I'm talking about from the mind of the democrat media apparatus A moment where he would be the steady hand. He would show everybody how this is his moment. And I do think there's frustration, Clay, real frustration among the journalists who voted for him, who, you know, they're all Democrats, they're leftists, et cetera. 
because he's not actually getting some Biden bump in this moment. You've pointed out, you know, he's he's not, you know, Zelensky's right hand man in terms of the polling and how it would reflect that Biden's right there with him and he's helping fight all this back. Here was Chuck Todd on the uh, Sunday show talking about an NBC News poll. This is where Biden is at approval rating, folks. Forty percent. Play it. By a fairly large 71 to 28 percent margin, Americans say they do not have a lot of confidence in President Biden's ability to respond to this war. Fifty seven percent say we are already at war with Russia or will be within a year. A very pessimistic view. Thirty four percent disagree. What's more, 68 percent would prefer Mr. Biden make the economy his top priority compared with just 29 percent who want him to focus on ending this war. Overall, President Biden's job approval stands at just 40 percent, with 55 percent disapproving. This is his worst showing yet in our poll since he became president. They thought he'd get a he'd get a bump from his leadership on this issue, Clay, and rallying NATO. The bump has not materialized because of the bumps Biden has had along the way. Yeah. And to your point, Buck, this was supposed to be Joe Biden's West Berlin Ronald Reagan tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev moment. This was supposed to be, this trip was supposed to elevate Biden to make arguments on behalf of American democracy around the world in an iconic fashion. The speech location, if you watched it, was all stagecraft perfect. And when Biden stepped off the stage, all anyone wanted to talk about was his real clear call for regime change and buck i want to hit you with we've been talking a lot about um how long this ongoing failure of the biden administration can continue and whether it's likely to continue all the way into the midterms i read over the weekend a really fascinating article from a historical perspective that i want to hit you with some of the details on about how when americans make their minds up how difficult it is to get them to change their mind over a six-month period, even as we run up towards the midterms. I think you're going to hear this data, and you're going to be like, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, In the meantime, Pure Talk, now providing great cell phone service to more Americans than ever before, including many of you in this audience today. Exact same 5G network as the big guys, but at half the cost. You keep your phone, you keep your cell phone number, and you keep close to 50 or 60 additional dollars a month from what you're spending now. Makes perfect sense to both of us. When we first learned of Pure Talk, an easy argument to make the switch. Everybody trying to save money right now. Well, we're talking about 7.9% inflation. And right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. How do you sign up? From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can be switched over to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. How do you do it? Grab your phones right now. Dial pound 250. Say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Just tease this when we went to break, Buck. This trip over to Poland and to Europe for Joe Biden that ended disastrously when he <laughs> seemed to suggest that America was demanding that Vladimir Putin be removed from office. It was all about trying to build him up. As you pointed out, Buck, he's at 40% approval in the NBC News poll. And one of the things we've talked a lot about on this program is, well, things are so bad for Joe Biden right now. What, are, what is likely to happen uh, by the time we get to the midterms, which obviously are in early November? So as we get to April, we're talking about you know six months away effectively. And I read this over the weekend and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Democrats are, of course, hoping that Joe Biden can reverse his negative approval ratings. And we should mention that the polls tend to be wide, widely biased in favor of Democratic politicians. So if Joe Biden is at 40% in an NBC News poll, if there is continuing to be bias there, as there has been in the 16 election and in the 20 election in favor of Biden, how much lower might his approval ratings actually be? Just worth thinking about. So uh, Nathan Gonzalez, uh, who is an elections analyst, Looked into the last seven decades, Buck, of midterm election years to try to find out how much have president approval ratings gotten better during a midterm election year. And here's what he found. Looking back more than 70 years, and I'm reading this from the Wall Street Journal. 
Uh, there hasn't been a single president who substantially improved his job approval rating from late January, early February of a midterm election year to when we get to late October, early November. In fact, in the last 18 midterm elections, this is Gonzalez's work, going back to Harry Truman in 1950, the average president's job approval rating has actually dropped eight points between early in a midterm election year and election day. That's pretty wild to think about, Buck, because maybe there can be a changing of the historical trajectory over the last 70 years. But what it suggests, Buck, is when the American public makes a decision about you, they've got 17 or 18 months of data by the time you get into the midterm election year to be able to analyze exactly what's going on. It's really hard to get them to change their mind. So if Biden's going to fall another eight points, we're not just talking about a bad election season, Buck. We're talking about a cataclysm, potentially, for the Democratic Party. Worse than 94, maybe worse than 2010, both. And if we don't achieve it, we have underperformed. That's what we, we, we have to set the bar as high as is possible here because we could have been facing, I mean, let's be honest, we could have been facing uh, a Biden. Now, when I say could have, people say, no, Buck, the decisions are terrible. I'm just saying maybe something had really gone their way. Maybe there had been some, you know, economic cycle that uh, that Biden would benefit from, you know, like ending the pandemic and all of the uh, all of the economic prosperity that you would think would come along with that. We could have been in a position where they were trying to say Biden has delivered and look at all the great stuff he's done. Instead, it's just so many disasters that we have to make sure we ram home victory here or else it'll be underperforming, underperforming. Yeah. That's the way. So, we What's your see. number? What's your over under basically six months out for the House? Senate's tougher because there are relatively few seats and it's going to swing. I mean, I want 50. The... I want 50 seats in the House. 50 I seats. Want 50. Yep, I want 50. I think that's, that's a, a big pretty swing. solid number. That's a big, yeah. <laughs> it would, that would be a good day. Yeah. Hillsdale is many things, including the source of great information and learning for both students in school and those of us well beyond the campus. For years, Hillsdale's faculty and administration has created online video courses viewed by millions of Americans. It's part of what Hillsdale College is, and since their founding in the mid-1800s, they've explored every way of defining and defending our freedoms. Their newest free online video course is no different. Hillsdale's new course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. Dr. Hansen leads a great conversation on how our country came together, the importance of so many individuals who put America first and take pride in their citizenship. The online course is free. You can sign up today, again, totally free, at clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, even the Great Reset. Sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Welcome back into the Clay and Buck Show. I did not expect that there would be such a big news story coming out of the Oscars last night. Let's just preface this with... Well, a few things. One is that Hollywood uh, is not what it used to be. And and that's a statement that's true on many levels. But I just mean in terms of its influence, its cultural power. It's still substantial. But really now, most of that ability to determine the uh, cultural conversation and, and have such an effect on people's uh, just a sense of, of their day to day 
it has been transferred over, I would argue, to Netflix, Hulu, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. That that's so much more of where the cult- the cultural machinery is working in this country, uh, for better or for worse, mostly for worse. Uh, so that's just one thing. I think Hollywood is is looking for more relevance. And, and a note that many people have made, and this has been true really, I'd say, for the last 10 years. I mean, Clay, honestly... And we're going to get to the slap scene around the world in a second here, folks. Don't worry. We're not going to spend a ton of time in it today. We've got the billionaires tax and the budget proposal. We've got the China lockdown. We got a lot of things. I mean, even Clay's bracket, you know, with my, my wonderful Villanova wildcats, not to be confused with cougars, that uh, they're doing quite well at this point. So we'll talk about all that with you later on in the program. But Clay, how many of the Oscar uh, I mean, when I see the Oscar nominated movies, I mean, of, of the the ones that were nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, how many of those movies had you even heard of before you started seeing commercials for the Oscars? I, I saw one this year for the Best Picture nominees, I believe. Now, and this has been the case for the last Which decade one? or more, uh, I saw the Don't Look Up that's up on uh, Netflix. Isn't that the, like a uh, climate change catastrophe thing? Yeah, but I mean, it's it was a highly rated uh, on Netflix, and it's got Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, was and it good? It, I was entertaining. I mean, it was a clear, you know, uh, anti or pro climate change story. But I mean, I knew what it was kind of going into it. So I watched. That's the only one I see all the animated movies for like the last decade all because the kids I've got uh, around the house I see almost all of the animated movies that are up for you know best animated film but by and large I I you know I don't see I I, I go see the 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 Marvel movies I go see the cuz I again with the kids I just I haven't seen and I don't think there's very much cultural relevance to go to your point now don't look up a lot of people watched on Netflix but I think Dune was by far the uh, the most uh, the most watched of the best picture nominees, and within that context, way more people watched Spider Man than all of the best picture movies combined. The new Spider Man uh, movie that I out, saw Dune. I saw. I saw Dune, and I thought it was very, as somebody who had read the Frank Herbert novel a long time ago. Uh, I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie for what it was. It, it stayed pretty true to the source material, from what I remember. It's been a long time since I read Dune. Um, but so I like doing anyway. So not, we're not we're so not a were movie watching, review show. Were, were you watching the Oscars last night when the slap heard around the world happened? So I, I happen to be in I'm in uh, North Florida right now, yep. which is lovely. And I happen to be watching the Oscars uh, at, at a at a friend's house. And uh, we, we just turned it on. And sure enough. It, we were. I only watched maybe I don't know forty five minutes of the Oscars overall, and the slap happened. So for anybody who missed it, which would be hard because it is on many on many websites. I mean, it's basically either Ukraine or the slap or the two big. Yes, which is pretty amazing. You know, one is a massive war in Europe with a nuclear armed power, and the other is someone getting slapped in the face. So we there's, there's a reason we opened with Biden and Ukraine first here, just to be very clear, uh, and what's going on in this country with the regime failing on so many levels. But now there is there is a lot of debate around this uh, this incident. I think originally people were saying it was faked. I don't think anyone believes it. It's I shouldn't say anyone. I think the consensus now, such as it is, is that this was a real slap, at least. Yes. So he did hit him. Uh, the absolute worst take on it was from a CNN analyst who said that this is basically what you get because of Trump, which yes, I mean, which, which is was, so predictable and which perfect. Which was amazing. And amazing. 
But but I mean, so Clay, what's you know, this is where you get into. I think this is very straightforward. You, you know, you have a comedian who's being paid to do his job, which is to make fun of you know, make jokes and make fun of people. He made a joke. Will Smith didn't like it. Will Smith is totally within his rights and, and you know, l- legal and otherwise to shout out, you know, that he didn't think this was funny to go up to Chris Rock uh, after he's on stage and say, you know, don't don't say that that's not funny or you should apologize or whatever to walk up on stage and strike somebody. Uh, again, I know there are people saying, Buck, it was fake. I don't think I looked at it a lot. I don't think it was. He definitely hit him. So now you're just saying did he. Why would Will Smith, the most famous among the most famous movie actors in the world? He doesn't need publicity, folks. I, I this whole thing on a about day oh, that he's potentially going to win the Oscar. Yeah, too. This, uh, the, the storyline doesn't add up. I mean, I, I think he lost his temper. He went up and he hit this guy in the face. But it's amazing to see how many people, uh, Clay, were like, yeah, that's what you do. And I'm kind of sitting here like, no. I, I mean, Let's I understand the, the, in the, the impulse. That, in the event that people didn't hear it, uh, we've got a couple of cuts here. Here is, uh, I believe we have the joke and then the reaction. I think this is 17. Let's listen yes, to this. Play. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the out of me. Lick my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? That was a greatest night in the history of television. By the way, so that crazy. Big, big, big uh, respect, I have to say, just to the fact that Chris Rock kind of kept going afterwards. Because, look, I, I, I think there's, a, there's many layers to this. I mean, people were looking at the photos. This was almost like, this was almost like a, you know, a Oliver Stone JFK movie or something where everyone's looking at the different angles of every yeah, video. And trying film. To, everybody was trying to figure out, oh, was he really, did he really hit him? Did he really. Uh, one one thing is Clay. If someone walked in, to, if someone walks up to you on the street and and they're being aggressive, I think I think that that's a little bit more. You're more ready. He's at the Oscars on stage doing his job. If somebody walked in here and I and I knew who they were, and I was doing my radio, I'd be like, "Hey, nice to see you." I would not expect they would slap me in the face doing my job. So I think that it's also additionally uncalled for, considering it was in a professional setting. It's not even like this was. Just two guys in the street having a dispute. Yeah, and Chris Rock managed to take the slap and actually deliver the documentary. I don't think Chris Rock has said anything since. Will Smith, amazingly, and this is where I really think it becomes such an intriguing discussion. He goes up on stage. He assaults a comedian. And let's be clear about this. What is this, like the 60th Oscar celebration, the 100th, whatever the heck it is. It's been going on for a long time. And that's what the job of a comedian is. They show up and they make jokes at the expense of the famous celebrities who are sitting down in the crowd. And Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, is a famous celebrity as well. So it's not like she's a civilian in the sense of, oh, well, nobody knows who she is. So he's picking on a uh, on the wife. And even if he were, the idea that you would go up on stage and hit someone 
because of what you don't what you don't like the joke that they've made. I don't know how many people in our audience they're not uh, most people famous, but everybody a large percentage I would think have been to a comedy club at some point and set if you go to a comedy club and you sit down near the front of the stage it's oftentimes the case that the comedian will pick out something and have some fun with people down close, even if you're not famous. Let's play the Will Smith. Well, we'll play the Will Smith reaction because he goes on and he wins Best Actor. This should be a crowning moment for his career, Buck. Uh, but they don't do anything to him. I can't think of any other public venue where you could assault a performer. Go back down to your seat. Stay there. Nobody does anything to you. And then when he wins the best actor, everybody gives him a standing yeah. ovation like he didn't just assault the comedian on the stage. You would you would think that security would is first of all, where was the security? And, and I mean this guy just well, walks point. up on the stage, yeah. I mean, and does this, but you would think that they would as, as, at least escort him out of the of the venue or, you know, escort him to a a uh, viewing area outside where this had just occurred. But no, he's Will Smith. He's up for the best. Uh, he won the best actor award for it. It was King Richard, right? Was the movie. Yeah, where he's playing so, Richard Williams, who is well, the you know, we'll come back on this the because tennis players. There were, just for those of you saying, Buck, oh, don't, you know, come on. It's Hollywood. Who cares? There were members of Congress who were saying, yeah, that's right. Get up there and hit him. No, that's not. That's not right, actually. That's not how we, that's not a civilized thing to do. That's not how we operate in this country. It's crazy. Uh, we'll open up phone lines, by the way. You guys can react as well uh, uh, to this uh, slap heard around the world. In the meantime, I got the X chair. It's one of the most comfortable office chairs I've ever owned. Mine sits at my writing desk where I'm often working, managing OutKick, prepping for the show. And Buck has got his own X chair, too. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? Because the X chair can. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? The X-Chair can, and once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, your back will never be as happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. That's why we love our X-Chairs. Take our advice and try X-Chair yourself. Risk-free, you're going to love it. Go to xchairclayandbuck.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, clayandbuck.com or you can call 18444xchair for $100 off your order. Xchair, 30-day guarantee of comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairclayandbuck.com. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. The slap heard around the world. We're closing out hour number one, talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock last night at the Oscars because he did not like a joke. Nothing happens to Will Smith. Talk about privilege. He goes back, sits in his front row seat, wins the Oscar, for uh, for his portrayal of Richard Williams, who's the father of Venus and Serena Williams, gets up and kind of gives a rambling, tearful uh, speech celebrating his Oscar win. This is what it sounded like. I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my all my fellow nominees. This is a beautiful moment. Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, but love will make you do crazy things. So, Buck, my thing here is I'm married. I got a wife. Will Smith looked psychologically unstable. Um, and the fact that some people are normalizing a comedian making a joke, which wasn't even that aggressive of a joke but if you've ever watched any of these award shows these hollywood celebrities do need to be ridiculed and mocked in fact ricky gervais i think should be the host for every single award show because he's actually willing to puncture the narcissism that is so readily apparent in those rooms. I bet you love Ricky Gervais at these things, too, I mean, that was the most... uh, Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes was the most entertaining MC... Uh, I've, I don't know if there's ever been a more entertaining MC at any event on TV that I could think of. I mean, it was it yes. was remarkable. And then, but that's also why for for everybody who's going to say 
Uh, oh, but you know, you, you got to stand up for your wife. No one's saying don't stand up for your wife. When I say no one, I, my, my claim here would not be you can't stand up for your wife. Not at all. Will Smith shouting out stuff. Fine. Will Smith going up to uh, Chris Rock, you know, after this thing and, and having a man to man with him. Fine. This is not some guy saying something to your wife at a bar. These are two multimillionaire celebrities who are in a professional setting where one of them is is paid to make jokes and is in that context. And if you don't like it, you are, of course, allowed to when I say allowed, I think you have every right to say something. But to those who are saying, yeah, you know, he did the right thing. Okay, Will Smith's a big guy. What if he had gone up there and and taken a full on swing? He open hand slapped him. He catches him off guard, you know. He catches him unaware like that with a with a closed fist. Could have broken his nose right there on stage. Is that could have knocked is him that out? Okay, and they would have had to stop. The, they would have had to I mean, stop the that. performance. Yeah, and and the other thing is, Buck, he wouldn't have done that if it had been a bigger guy like The Rock. Every now and then, host uh, performances. If The Rock had come out and made that joke, he ain't walking up on the stage and open hand slapping uh, uh, The Rock. And let me also say this. Will Smith is a comedian, right? So he should understand more than some of the other serious actors who may consider themselves to be complete artists. He understands or should understand comedy in a way that others should not. We got a bunch of people who want to weigh in, not surprisingly. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I, let's, I, let's, I know people are fired up on this. I, I get it. No doubt. Uh, who should we go to first? Let's go to uh, Michael in Florida. Hey, guys, look, uh, I, I really do like the show, so just take this. Uh, it's coming from a good spot. I, You're spending time uh, talking about a guy who uh, ex- wanted exactly what you're giving him. He knew. He walked up. But you were right. If it was The Rock or somebody, he wouldn't have gone up there. But he knew, even if it was, he knows there's not going to be any repercussions. He'll go up there and s- slap a smaller guy. And then, no, nothing's going to happen to him. Nobody's going to swing back at him. He did it because he wants everybody talking about him, and he's getting exactly what he wants. See, I disagree. Yeah, I, yeah. I disagree with this. I just I understand that argument. I think Will Smith lost his cool, and to me, this is the logical extension, Buck, of the world we've created where we treat speech as violence, and so we allow people to respond violently towards someone who says something mean to you, right? Yeah. It wasn't even to him. This is the logical extension of words are violence. Now, Will Smith was about response. to get the Best Actor Award at the Oscars. I, I don't think that he planned out some he uh, some publicity, publicity stunt. He doesn't need... Yeah. I mean, he's one of... This would be like Tom Cruise with a publicity stunt. Like, these people don't... They have all the publicity they could ever imagine. And then some, and, and Will Smith's case in particular, he's sitting in the front row. He's about to get an Oscar. I think the guy had a bit of a meltdown. I think that's pretty apparent. Um, and, and I think that Chris Rock also, I mean, I, you've probably, Clay, I've seen people get punched and hit before. Yes. Chris Rock responded the way people, like, he was in shock. Like, that, that yes. was, that did not look like acting. Well, he, to he me. did, he thought, I think, if you watch him, Buck, I think what he anticipated was that Will Smith, who is a comedian, was coming up on stage to do something funny. It was weird that he got up on stage in the first place. By the way, I'd like to hear from some women. Like, in the audience, what did you guys think about this? Uh, And also, Buck, there's so many crazy angles on this. Can you imagine if it had been a white comedian? Can you imagine if it had been a white guy walking up, like you said off air, if Bradley Cooper walks up and smacks... Chris Rock because he doesn't like the joke that he makes. 
the conversation spirals wildly out of control from there. We're also going to continue to talk. Look, this January 6th absurdity now calling in uh, Jenny Thomas, the wife of Clarence Thomas. China locking down Shanghai e-scooters. You're getting some vindication here, but I'm what you call fire. a trendsetter in the era of high <laughs> gas prices, Mr. Travis. And we also have one of the swimmers who competed against the transgender swimmer, University of Kentucky swimmer. You guys are going to love her. Top of the third hour. All to come on Clay and Buck. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, he's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.